Welcome to Roll With Adventure, a Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition podcast that transports you through the magic of imagination from our world to the far-off world of Ibris, a land full of heroes and villains, the evil and the divine, monsters and miracles, and, of course, magic. We are delighted to bring you this adventure from our imaginations to your ears. If you like what you hear, please subscribe for future episodes and follow us on social media. If you want to learn more about us and this podcast, please visit us at RollWithAdventure.com. And now, let's listen as our heroes roll with adventure. Hello and welcome to episode 31 of Roll With Adventures campaign of Shadows and Bliss. My name is Cass and I am the Dungeon Master for this ragtag band of heroes. Today our journey into this tale of adventure, intrigue, secrets, and magic across the world of Ibris continues. This episode begins at high noon on Rylum, the 5th of Lyonne, in the year 1083 PR. In the center of Barrowman's where our heroes have readied themselves as Yovan begins the ritual that will hopefully free the magic of its denizens. Now, before we dive right in, let's meet our band of heroes. To decide the order of introduction, let's roll player initiative, not character. And remember here, we roll with adventure. So, how dexterous or not have each of you been this past week? Okay, so I don't know... I guess this is sort of a dexterous thing. I was, or my roses are being eaten by something. And it definitely, there are aphids, but I don't know. There's like four aphids and it doesn't account for the excessive holes in the leaves. I don't, I don't know enough about plants, clearly. Anyway, I was spraying the plants with this uh, like three in one pest spray that I have and the wind changed and it sprayed into my face and I didn't get out of the way in time. And yeah, so I got, I got face full of three in one bug spray. And you're still but around. It turns out you're I'm... not a pest. Good work. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. Anyway, so I'm going to take a um, minus one because you know, the wind change wasn't my fault, but I also didn't really move fast enough. Also, I apologize if there is lawnmower noise in my audio. I mean, that's way better than lawnmower man in your audio. <laughs> I make that reference, but I don't know. I've never seen the movie. I just know there was a guy stuck in cyberspace. So it's not a about a killer with a lawnmower? Mm, I don't think so. I was just picturing like Freddy Krueger, except he's armed with a lawnmower. <laughs> Sasha, I'm now imagining a killer that instead of that instead of arms just has two lawnmowers. As I mean, Edward arms? lawnmower hands. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Edward lawnmower hands. How would you not? I hear my real question now is: How would you not escape this guy? I mean, I mean you hear him just... coming. Yeah, who gets caught by this? <laughs> maybe well, it's those lawnmower. like push lawnmowers. So all you hear is like a squeaking, and you're like, "Oh, maybe it's a mouse," but it's not. It's Edward Lawnmower Hands. It's Edward Lawnmower Hands. All right. Well, I don't know what Sasha was originally going to tell us about, but I think coming up with Edward Lawnmower Hands should be like a mental dexterity. Of at least a plus one. <laughs> it was very I'll take it. I'll take it three. Um, yeah. Uh, I was going to tell you a gross story about my feet, but I, I'll take Edward Lawnmower hands instead. 
I I didn't know there was going to be a gross story about feet, but I'm really glad that you're taking <laughs> lawnmower hands instead. Not going to lie to you. Am I the only person who both doesn't want to hear but also wants to hear that story? Like, I, I know that I don't want to hear the story, but there's a part of me that's like, but now I'm curious. Uh, yes, you are the only one. Curiosity. I say with authority, because I can check everyone else's mind. (laughs) Keep my curiosity to myself, then. I knew going open source was a mistake. (laughs) Oh, I'm just going to take a negative one. Um, Before session, I went to pour myself a coffee and pour it on my wrist. So, (laughs) just a negative one. Um, what What have I done lately? Oh, I went and got, I went and got vaccinated this week and I didn't, I got a little tipsy beforehand and I didn't fall down. So I'm going to take that. It's going to be like a zero. I think I got tipsy bad, but I got to the, the, the vaccine on time. Good. And then I tried to chat up the ladies there bad. They weren't having any of it because they're nurses and they are used to people being dumb. Good. And then there was potassium sorbitate and that's bad. Anyway, long story short, benzoate. I'm listen, potassium benzoate. How dare you? That's how dare bad. You correct my chemistry. I cannot allow you to misquote The Simpsons in a public forum. Uh, except it just... that, that was the whole point. I I didn't tell the rest of the story properly either. It's not like I even mentioned 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 Frogan. <laughs> I think you should okay, take you know a what? negative I'm one because you are clearly I'm gonna amend so it. Wrong. I'm taking a negative one because I cannot brain today. Despite Frogrant. the fact that that's my name. Don't wear it out. Frogrant. Let's see what you roll. Ah, a four. So a three. Ooh, a two. So a one. <laughs> a 15. So a 16. Ooh, a 14. So 13. Hello, I am Sasha, and I play Faileth, the half-elven bard who can speak to and was raised by ghosts. Today I'm going to deepen Faileth's lore just a little bit by returning to one of my previous fun facts, uh, where I assertioned that Faileth believes she can speak to speak Toad uh, after living in the swamp for about six months. Uh, Faileth once used these skills to her benefit, perhaps, that the jury remains out on that one, uh, when she settled a dispute between warring factions of toads and frogs. She's pretty sure that she sided with the toads on this one. They were clearly in the right. It was some sort of Romeo and Juliet star-crossed lovers thing. Uh, And she helped the toad and the frog escape uh, and set up a lovely home in a fallen log. Uh, And she still thinks about them sometimes. Can confirm. She hopes they're happy and has a whole bunch of bouncing baby froads. They hope you're happy too. Sorry, I couldn't help it. We're so happy, you're so happy. Right, that means I'm Brian. I'm at Mind Over Brian on both Twitter and Twitch. Although on Twitch I spell it with a zero. And I am playing Million Barebone, the changeling barbarian who cannot speak to or do anything with ghosts. However, um, he does typically appear to be a bearded half-elven young man with red hair and a scar that cuts across his face from his lip to his ear. Um, fun fact about that is that Melian has actually never met the man with this face. Um, he assumed it in essentially the moment he became a changeling. It was the first face he saw. So he has no idea what this guy's supposed to sound like. He just does his own voice. 
Don't you have ancestral spirits? Yeah. Oh. I mm-hmm. have nothing to do with ghosts. Oh, okay. I mean, not on purpose. Got it. My name is David, and I play Yovan Savvy J. Cooperson, a human scholar. My fun fact of the day. So for his 23rd birthday, uh, the crew that he was working with at the time decided it would be absolutely hilarious to set him up while he was completely uh, drunk out of his mind as a tavern uh, waitress in a neighboring town. They left him there to sober up, wake up, and find out that in his new job, with no idea where he was, and to get back. He never actually got a chance to return the favor with a prank uh, before he was forced to flee to Dwemer Hollow. But knowing that he's alive, they're all alive now, or at least some of them are, he'll have to do that at some point. Hi, I'm Allie, and I'm playing Quarry Anaclathi Bostukbase, a Goliath Paladin. Quarry learned five things, five key things from their mentor, Stephen. One, you must kill sentient cursed as swiftly and painlessly as possible. Two, always look beyond appearances. Three, you cannot do everything alone. You need allies. Four, trust soul. He will always guide you. And five, the cursed prey upon the innocent and cannot help themselves. To allow them to live is to doom the innocent. Now that everyone has introduced themselves, let's get this adventure rolling. And remember, here, we roll with adventure. Our session begins with the great orb of soul at its midday zenith. Aligned with the sun high above, Approximately 60 feet floats the Freyashan, held aloft by Jovan's magic. A green gem approximately the length of a child's forearm. It glows, pulsating to a steady beat like that of a heart, one that Jovan recognizes to be the same beat as his own. The rest of you have arrayed yourself around the square, the bodies of the townsfolk laying beneath the light. Jovan, you have intoned the beginning of the ritual to free the magic of Barabans, and the Freyashen has answered. So unloose the man, let we free what lies within us. Who are you to speak to us? I am Jovan. And I have reclaimed you from the necromancers that took you and used you. We give you one chance to turn back, to stop what you seek. I didn't come this far to stop. What was taken from these people will be returned. If you wish to rid us of our occupants, then let us play a little game. We shall take the measure of you. And those that will fight to keep you safe. How long will they fight for you? How long can you watch them struggle? But this, this shall be between us. You must show patience and faith. Help them, and they will die. Now, let us set the mood. In the distance, 
thin tendrils of darkness rise from the horizon. They lash towards the sky, racing against themselves with surprising speed, like a parasitic growth, until a dome of darkness shrouds barrenments. The world has turned black. To those of you not Yovan, this has happened suddenly. And while you would expect the shrieks of Behrman's denizens, none break the silence. An uneasy silence permeates this area. As this square is rushed into darkness, not including Yovan, what are the three of you doing? Are the lit torches still... How many of them did you light? Oh, I lit them all. You have a ring of torches around you. Are you guys standing on the inside of the ring or the outside of it? I think probably the inside would feel right. Whereas I was going to say the outside, so... <laughs> well... Apparently yeah, I'm yeah. on the outside. Okay, so... Melian, I'd probably be where Melian was. Outside. Faelith is on the outside, and Kwari is going to stand on the inside, but does have a reach weapon. So with you guys prepared, the Freya Shan is going to speak once more into Yovan's mind. This time, the voice is slightly different. It shifts, it changes, and you almost get the distinct impression that there are many voices speaking as one. Riddles, games, luck, and chance, subterfuge, and truth. Now the board is set, a game we shall play. But to make things interesting, three moments, three minutes to aid you in this. Throughout our game, you may call out three times. Once to someone who is dead. Once to someone amongst the living. And once to one who walks amongst those who stand between. A lifeline, so to speak. But be careful who you choose. Consequences may unfold. Now, to ensure your proxies are not bored. As the Freyashan's words echo in Yovan's mind, there's almost a flicker in the darkness. It is not anything that you see because of the light. It is almost what you don't see. As if slowly moving over the bodies that lay there, you see those strange inky pools of darkness that had been spawned as the denizens of Barrowman's came face to face with their own unconscious body. It seemed to almost melt away into the shadows. Now, Yovan, will your proxies fight like soldiers defend their king? 
first riddle is thus. And before the riddle is stated, can I please have everyone roll me initiative? I have 11. 7. I also got 11. 15. I, my dex modifier is 2. I'm a plus 0, so... Okay, so we've got Melian, Faileth, Kawari, Yovan. Basically so, you guys understand the stakes. Yovan is going to hear a riddle, and then combat will happen for the three of you. And then Yovan will get a chance to either take one of those lifelines or answer the riddle. And then another round will happen for the three of you. And then rinse and repeat. This will happen possibly in more than one stage with different things going on to keep you guys entertained. So I'm going to start this by giving Yovin the riddle. I can repeat the riddle as many times as you need, uh, David, when it comes to Yovin's turn. But once I've repeated the riddle, then combat will begin. The first riddle is thus. Halo of water, tongue of wood, skin of stone, long I've stood. My fingers reach to the sky. Inside my heart, men live and die. What am I? As those words echo into Jovan's mind, that inky darkness that has slipped away, there is a sudden sharp pain that spreads across your arm, Melian. Does a 20 hit you? Yes. Okay, so for a brief moment, you felt almost as if your arm, a portion of it had just been bitten away, or if it had been grasped by something that was so cold, it almost encouraged death to sneak into your arm, and you will take nine necrotic damage. The apparent source for this isn't visible, but it is your turn. Something has attacked me. However, I... Cannot see anything. Does anyone else see anything? Do we? At the moment, no. But perhaps on your turn, you might be able to look a bit more closer. Well, in which case, I shrug my shield down off my shoulder, uh, ready my new javelin, and the moment I perceive a foe, I will attack it with my javelin. Faileth, it's your turn. Wait, I guess I'm going to try to see where these wee fuckers are. Do you want... An investigation or a perception check? or Give can I me do a, a perception check. Alright. 14 plus... 16. Looking about, you don't see anything that looks like it's physically attacking. But then you sort of... A little bit of a wind comes through and it moves the flames a bit. And you see it almost cast your shadows back and forth a bit. And you see what almost looks like a coiling serpent of just darkness is lashed around the shadow of Melian's arm. Right, well, this isn't gonna do. 
first of all, I'm going to summon my guardian spirits. Not my guardian spirits, that's millions. Uh, my ghosts. <laughs> and I have a D8, I think, now is my... Yes, you do. My new one. So I get access to my two new spirit friends. So let's see who we get. Ah, uh, it's a two. We've seen that before. That's all right. I summon the warrior. The story of a renowned duelist. Uh who can make his melee spell attack against um, the target. Which warrior do I conjure from the depths? As you reach out, the tale of Lord Gambian Gessa sort of re-echoes in your mind, and you think you might be actually drawing on perhaps the founder and hero of Barrowman's. Ooh. All right, he is going to attack the darkness. Okay, that is a 18 to hit. That will hit. Hooray! 2d8 plus my charisma modifier, which is 5. That's a 20. 20 damage. Force damage. Melian, you see suddenly the spirit of a distinguished-looking man, and in his hand he is holding a blade that looks like it's made from bone, but has rose-like vines and thorn coming out, and almost those same rose vines seem to like wrap up and around his armor, and you see him hold his blade up, looks directly at you, and then stabs it straight down into the shadow, and you see it lash back and forth, this darkness that it grasped onto the, your own shadow form and was striking you there squeals and shrieks in pain and then you see it just break apart well that was just my bonus action so I still have an action uh, but I don't see anything else to attack here you didn't okay so I'm just readying a spell to attack whatever thing I see next as it would happen there is a, a sudden sort of cold biting sensation that latches onto your leg does a 21 hit you? Sure does. A total of 7 necrotic damage. But you can see this darkness lash out. Oh, you made a mistake touching me, asshole, because that means I can touch you. Uh, and I'm going to cast Inflict Wounds. Now, the question is, do I cast it at a third level? Or do I save that? I mean, considering on 20-some-odd damage did it, I don't think you need to use yeah. your... Well, nuclear option it here. shattered the darkness's tendril. But I don't know that it shattered... If Is this pseudopods of one creature, or are these all separate things? So you don't... There isn't a line of darkness that's going into the shadows from where it is. So it's, it's a separate... It's latched entity. onto your shadow. Okay, I'll, I'll cast it at a first level. Save my, uh, my nuclear options. Because I can do 5d10 now if I cast it third level. Yeah, that's insanity. <laughs> Probably too many for right now. Does a 16 hit? Yes, it does. Oh, yay. I didn't think it would. Uh, so it's 21 damage. As you... And it's necrotic damage, right? Necrotic damage, yes. So you reach out and you plant your hand down onto it, pinning it, and discharge your magic into it. 
and nothing happens. Oh, I had a feeling it might be resistant to necrotic damage. It feels like you didn't hurt it at all. Alright, I'll have to use something else. Stupid powers of darkness nerfing my really good spell. I should have cursed you, you asshole. Kawari, you feel an almost cold latch onto your upper right shoulder. Does a 22 hit you? Yes. And I rolled snake eyes! You take four necrotic damage. Oh yeah! But because of how little this creature did, it is then going to move away from you. So you see this, there's, for a brief moment, you feel that pain. Mm -hmm. And then a shadow out of the corner of your eye darts towards the darkness. So fast that I can't attempt to hit it on its way out. You could give it a try. I will give it a try. Just to be clear, I'm not seeing any of this, right? Because otherwise I'd get to attack it. We probably should actually talk about where you guys are arranged in this circle. Are you only on one side? Or are you guys, like, are you guys clumped together? Or... Uh, I mean, it sounded like... So I, I wouldn't have been standing right next to, uh, to Quarry. But Faileth did say she was standing right next to me. So the odds are good that Faileth and I are standing together and Quarry is separate from us at a certain distance. I think Quarry's standing near Yovin. Okay. That's a 25 to hit. As it starts to dart toward out, um, or perhaps towards the shadow of one of cast by one of the torches, uh, your blade will connect. Uh, that's 10 slashing damage. So you bring your halberd down and you see it does... It cuts into the ground where it is, and you think that you can almost see it slice into the darkness. But the darkness moves out into the shadows, and then as a bonus action, will hide. Okay, apparently there's this really easy-to-see patch of darkness out there, guys, for <laughs> all of you. Like, Melian, you can even see this patch of darkness. It is lower than all of your... than all of your, uh... Passive perceptions. Awesome. Does that mean my held action goes off and I get to throw my spear? Or my oh, jump? go right ahead. <laughs> yes. Alright, excellent. Because I get to, that means I get to do two attacks. Cause, well, I mean, because I, I engage the... Uh, does a 15 hit it? Yes, that will hit. Cool. In which case I will use my... So it'll take three points of damage because I rolled a one. But then I will um, engage the one of the two charges and teleport right next to it and hit it again uh, with a 16, which I assume that will hit. Uh, and he'll take four more points, all piercing. Quarry, Yovan is standing behind you. There is a circle of torches. You saw that darkness that you cut into shoot out. You saw Melian's spear fly towards, stab into it, and then Melian just like reformed in the mist Ooh. that accompanied the spear and stabbed it again. But it's it's gone now, or it's still there? There is a small patch of darkness there. Yes, there is. Excellent. I will say, Yovan, be careful! Uh, the shadows! And then I will try to strike the one that Melian has attacked. Because I assume I don't see any other ones. Would you like to try and perceive, for if you I, can? I would love to try to perceive. Carlin, tell me if you see anything. Uh, that's a... 16. Uh, as you sort of turn, you think that there is one too many shadows being cast by a torch. 
on the other side of Yovan, one that almost seems to be slowly reaching towards him. Okay, I'll go for that one then. And this time I will cast Hunter's Mark. Uh, is Carlin being at all helpful? You can say that Carlin can give you the help action. That is a 23 to hit. That will hit. So that will be 9 slashing damage and 2 damage from the Hunter's Mark. And then I get a second attack. The next one is going to be a 24 to hit. That will hit. 11 slashing damage and 3 damage from the Hunter's Mark. This shadow-like thing, this inky darkness that was leeching out towards him, it recoils and then is going to strike towards you. And it whips towards you, but you sort of dance back just out of the way so it doesn't touch your shadow. And with that, we move into the world of the Freyoshen and Yovan. Make your choice. All of that lead up, and for a poor payoff. The answer is castle. I've heard street urchins repeat and guess this for years. You're out of touch. You're outclassed. Give up. <sighs> the first key is obtained. As Jovan says that out loud clearly talking to something that you can't hear. His voice catches in his throat, and he stops. As you hear him sort of catch, and you turn back towards him, you see that he has floated about two feet off the ground. And there's this strange look on his face. His body has gone rigid, slightly drawn up with his head at an angle. And as you notice that, that darkness, those, the shadow that had latched around melt and seem to break apart. But as they do, there's an almost a groan and a, sh- a shudder and almost a sound of cracking. And Melian, around you, you can see, with the light of the torches, the bodies of the town folks, as if drawn up like puppets on, the str- on strings, begin to rise around you their faces completely blank, their eyes closed. Oh, this boat's poorly. Jovan, the world seemed to flip for you in a, in a single moment. You saw a flash of brilliant green above you, and suddenly you are not standing anywhere that you have seen before. You are standing in a dark expanse. Around your ankles appears to be water, but in your left hand, you are now holding a slightly glowing key. And in the distance, you think you can almost make out a vague shape in the darkness. I'm going to attempt to move towards it. And with you beginning to move towards it, let's switch over to your companions as they begin the second trial. Melian, mm-hmm. you go first in this initiative. As the town, as some townsfolk seem to be drawn up around you, can you roll me a d6? That number is two. Around you, two of the townsfolk sort of their heads lulled to the side begin to rise. What are you going to do? You're approximately 20 feet away from where Faileth is. So I'm going to call out, uh, 
we need to defend Jovan. Uh, because it seems like he's the focal point of this uh, thing. And then I'm going to move toward Jovan. Um, taking any uh, attacks opportunity that may, that may provoke. Okay. So that one of those was a miss as the body sort of swung its fist as if some child were playing with puppets attempting to get out to punch you in the face. But the other almost insanely dances out and swipes with their leg and does a 21 hit. Uh, yep. And that will only be two bludgeoning damage as this is a small woman who does not appear to have been strengthened by the magic. Uh, the, her shoe connects with your leg as you are making a run back, but it doesn't trip you or anything like that. And then, yeah, I'll move to immediately adjacent to, um, I'll try and take the opposite corner, like, it, picturing a grid, I'll try and take the opposite corner from where Cory is, so essentially that we've got both, uh, all six of his eight squares covered. That was only your movement. Are you going to ready an action? Mm, yes, if anybody gets within melee attack range, I'll attack them. So I'm going to switch the... the the javelin out for my longsword. And then if anybody gets within melee range, I'll attack. Sounds good. Fela, it is your turn. Can you please roll me a d6? Five. Out in the gloom, five more of these bodies are marionetted up, twisting in ways they probably shouldn't, as if their bones, as if whatever was controlling them didn't care at all. As if these were just husks to them. What are you going to do? Melian has just shouted out that you need to defend Yovan and has withdrawn to back mm -hmm. inside the circle. Uh, Faelith is going to cast Major Image. Uh, she is going to make a second Yovan, but she is going to make it basically on top of the actual Yovan, just slightly larger than he really is and slightly in front so that it's completely obscuring the real Yovin. Uh, but looks like just like Yovin so that anyone who is maybe a stupid undead zombie will attack the major image instead of Yovin himself. That is really creative. <laughs> I know, I've been so excited to have major image. I can do that. I can make it move. Remind me that so long as you've got this major image there that... Anytime that someone actually makes an attack against Yovan, they do so at disadvantage. Excellent. Uh, they can make an investigation check uh, against my spell save DC, but I have a feeling these dead dead zombies aren't gonna do that. <laughs> so you think these unconscious uh, townsfolk are gonna investigate? <laughs> nope. Uh, and as I finish that, I look at uh, over at Quarry and I go. It's clever, right? And I wink at her. They have bardic inspiration now. Okay. Are you going to move? Nope. I'm cool out okay. here. Oof. I don't want to be in there where all the zombies are going to be. Intentional zombies? triggering. Uh... Zombies give me the willies. <laughs> Plus, we need pretty hair. So. Kawari, it is your turn. 
Can you please roll me a d6? That is a three. Three more bodies of the townsfolk rise. As if drawn up, as if, say, someone took a string and attached it right to the front of their chest, to where their ribcage would meet, and pulled them up until they float slightly off the ground and then settle down. And then they turn towards you. What are you going to do? At the moment, all of these are approximately 30, like, about 20 feet. They're approximately 30 feet from where you are. They're out about where uh, Melian had gotten to before. Because you guys didn't have them right up in the main circle, which I asked about last session. So first I have a mechanical question. With yes. Hunter's Mark, it's... The Hunter's Mark, you can switch it. Uh, the okay. You can, at once the... How I should phrase this is... When a trial ends, consider as if all the creatures in that trial have been killed. Okay. Even if they actually haven't. So, like, whatever was controlling it is gone, so it dispersed and broke apart. Okay, sounds good. Uh, then I will transfer my Hunter's Mark to whichever zombie looks like it's going to make its way to me first. I will... Townsfolk. Marionetted oh, or puppeted sorry. townsfolk. Marionetted townsfolk will make it to me first. And <laughs> I am going to ready an action that I will uh, strike at whichever uh, unconscious townsfolk comes near into my melee range. And then I am just going to shout, not at the townsfolk, but just kind of at the, I guess, darkness in general. Whoever you are, I command you in the name of Sol, be gone! These people have suffered enough and we will not allow you to use them as your playthings! And that's the end of my turn. Yovan, you don't hear any of your companions' voices. You can't see what's going on out there. But you do hear a chuckle. <laughs> I mean, Jovan doesn't have anywhere else to go at the moment, so despite his misgivings, he's going to continue to approach the light. So as you close towards this, not it's not even really light in the darkness, you begin to see what looks like the forms of people. Dark outlines of people. Men, women, children, humans, elves, gnomes, halflings. But inside these dark outlines, you see a tiny spark of illumination within each of them. There's no features on their faces. Faces, faces, faces. But you get this distinct impression as you make your way pushing through this crowd that they're all staring in the same direction towards what appears to be a weathered wooden stage. Unlike the darkness, this is colored. This seems substantial. 
Two beams rise on the edges, with a crossbeam covering the top. And leaning against one of the beams is the outline of a figure, but there is no magic inside it. There is no spark. But the outline is that of a jester. Well, well, well. Why don't we play another little game, Eoven? Come on up here. Or, of course, you could leave. Eoven won't reply, but he will make his way up onto the stage. Stand here, right on the mark. You see there's an X in the middle of the stage. And I'll ask you another riddle. I'm sure you'll love the stakes. It won't matter if you don't. There aren't any others that you can play with. I don't suppose if I look directly above the X, I see anything? Just the beam that goes across the stage. Okay. Uh, yeah. Alright, let's go stand in the park. As you step into the spot, you feel your body lock. Your muscles refuse to budge from the lower half. You can move your top half and your arms and your head, but you can't step off this spot now. Now, this is where it gets interesting. I ask you a riddle, and you answer it. But each time you get it wrong, you get closer to staying here with us forever. As the last word echoes out, you see what might be a piece of cloth pulled slowly from a large board beside the stage, like a sign outside a fair that reads, Welcome, one and all, to the spectacle of the year. A coward's execution. Dun dun dun. And with that, we will flip out and back to your companions Melian, Kawari, and Faileth. You see the figures. Where a moment ago they had been. Like puppets drawn up on strings, suddenly their arms shift down as if whatever is controlling them sunk itself deeper into them to assume a greater control. And their uh, their, hand, their heads snap up to look at you. But their eyes don't open. To be honest, they don't open their mouths. They look as if they're still sleeping. And then they charge. So. We have ten in total. I'm not going to go through all ten monsters each round. We're going to treat them a bit more as sort of a, a mob that's coming at you guys that will strike at all of you. And as you defeat them, it may weaken it. Perhaps others will rise. So I do know that two of you specifically said that anything that rushes at you you'd like to make an attack. Melian, 
yours will happen first. Uh, Alright, so because being conscious of the fact that these are actual people and we don't want to necessarily hurt them, uh, Melian's going to use the flat of his blade instead of the blade of the blade. <laughs> and that's a 22. Oh, that hits. These are unarmored townsfolk. Nice. Uh, so that's 10 uh, bludgeoning, I guess. Uh, it should, in theory, be slashing, but if I'm using the flat of the blade, it will be. I'm hoping you'll let me make it bludgeoning. <laughs> I just turned it into non-lethal. Yeah, it was like I just turned it into non-lethal damage. Yeah, so how it works for 5th edition is that you can elect when you want to turn it into non-lethal damage, and you can elect that at the point that you're actually would kill someone. Yeah, but I also don't want to, like, leave these people at the Maimed and hurt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, this first one that charges at you, you bring up the flat of your blade, and you just smack it into them. Describe how you're hitting them and how they go down. There's going to be a lot of them, but they will go down easy. So Melian hits, like, the the meat of the outside of, of their thigh in such a way that it causes the muscle to especially since they've been they've been prone for a long time so he hits them in the in the muscle causing the muscle to like spasm and contract and just having their leg buckle underneath them so they fall down fantastic Kawari you'll be your let's have your attack your ready to action go off for attacking the one that that charge at you Uh, that is a 10. That will hit. Yay! That will be 9 slashing and 2 hunter's mark. So this theoretically would kill a member of this mob. Okay. So like Melian, I also have no intention of killing or maiming anybody. So, um... It's a little bit, I feel like, more tricky to hit... I'm gonna. I'm just gonna kind of use the flat of the halberd. None of the pointy ends. Um, and just kind of thonk them on the head. That one goes down. Just on the edge of the circle of torches, and now they're going to close. They're they're going to first. Hit. The I mob have... is going to first hit Faith. I have a question. Yes. When you ready an action, do you lose your extra attack? The extra attack feature specifically says when you use the attack action mm-hmm. versus the ready action. Oh, okay. So, oh, I see when what you're you saying. Ready, so I'm basically trading my attack action for a ready action when I pause like that. Please carry on. And with that this mob will close in. The first one they're going to hit is going to be Faileth because she is outside of the circle. Sure, pick on the little one. That's not at all rude. Faileth, does a 19 strike you? Absolutely not. I've got a brilliant AC. Yes. Yes, it does. We've absolutely got to get you better armor. I mean, my AC is better than Yovan. That's not a high bar. Your everything (laughs) is better than Yovan. Yep. Faileth, you will take... 10 bludgeoning damage as five of these close in on you, bringing their fists down on you. Oh, we're trying to help you, you ungrateful zombie sods! Ugh. Melian, does an 18 hit you? 
does not. One of the ones that you didn't knock out is going to swing at you and try to bring you down, but it can't get purchase on you. Kuare does a 19 hit you. Is it trying to attack me from behind by any chance? <laughs> no, this is one of the ones that's coming at you from the front. Gosh darn it, one of these days this shield will be helpful to me. Um, it does hit me. The clump that's coming at you surprisingly will deal a decent chunk of damage to you. They will deal 12 bludgeoning what? damage. Okay. They're, it's just that they're attacking without... Uh reserve, so they're, they're just swinging their fists as if they were actual weapons, and not with the type of restraint you would show if you were swinging you see directly. Where it's, you see that where they strike you as they pull their fists back, their fists are bloody. Ugh, poor them. It's gonna hurt. Okay. That's and with fine. that, Melian, it's your turn. Oh wait, did I get an extra attack at level 5? Is that a thing that happened? No. Yes, it is. Sorry, turn, turn on the fifth. I do have an extra attack. I can attack two times. I forgot that was a thing I could do. Cool, cool. It is your turn. Can you roll me a d6? Mm-hmm. Sure can. That number is a three. Okay, three more rise in the around you guys. Uh, so yeah, I'm gonna continue to swing my sword flat only, try and knock these. Um, in fact, what I'm going to try and do mostly is sweep legs. So uh, I'm not even swinging to hit. I'm swinging to trip. I mean, effectively, I'm nice. still swinging to hit. But just for <laughs> color, what I'm actually doing is, like, I've crouched low and I'm just sweeping people's legs out with the... Um, probably not with my sword anymore. I'll have, I'll have sort of dropped the sword and I'll pull out a javelin. But I'm holding the point end and, it's, and I'm just sweeping legs. I love this. Uh, so will a 14 hit? Oh yes, it will. In which case they take three points of... three whole points of non-lethal damage. I should have left the sword out. It does better damage. One question. With the fists mm-hmm. that came down on Faileth before... Faileth, did you let mm-hmm. out a kind of scream? I said what I said. You ungrateful sods. <laughs> Here's the thing, Melian. If Melian goes rage, I can't. I can't do unarmed. I can't do. Uh, it, in character, I don't think Melian. It, Melian does not feel like they're enough of a. They're not enough of a threat yet to rage, because if he rages, he'll he'll kill these people. He will not have any restraints. So at the moment, he's still like. Uh, but if they hit her again, and yeah. If they hit her again, we'll see pretty hair. We'll see. Yeah, we may see pretty hair. It's... With that attack, even though it did a small amount of damage, you do sweep the legs out of one of them, and you see them collapse, and they knock their head on the ground. Excellent. In which case, I'll hit another. That was a twelve hit. I should oh, yeah. not attack these javelins. These are, this is a terrible plan. Uh, that's eight points of. As you swing out, you actually strike out and you ground. Hit one, and then you hit another. And I'm like, Faileth, this way. And with that, Faileth, it's your turn. Please roll me a d6. Four. Thank you. Four more begin to rise as the magic reaches down into their bodies and takes control. Faileth, okay, you know what? You guys suck. So 
How about you just take a wee nap? And she's going to cast Shatter uh, on a ten foot spear, a ten foot sphere uh, centered on herself, uh, so that she can do everyone around her. Uh, and her plan here is to just kind of knock, uh, knock out their hearing, make them, uh, make them pass out. But I don't know that I can necessarily stop from killing them with a spell. I'm gonna non-lethally shatter them. So for <laughs> shatter, shatter deals thunder damage, right? Yeah. I would say thunder damage and force damage are like two of the damages that I can totally see you being able to try, like do and, and psychic yeah. damage being able I'm not to like do draining their life really. force. <laughs> Yeah, just you're not reaching out and out. turning them to dust. So like yeah. you're just hitting them with a really powerful sound wave. So yeah, yeah. Uh, back off. Yeah. <laughs> I can see that. Can they give me a con save, please? Why yes, they can. I will give the con save for the group. DC uh, sixteen. Oh, does <laughs> does a fourteen pass? No. Surprisingly. Let's do this at a second level so we can get rid of a bunch of these guys. I could do it at third, but that seems like... No, you know what? I haven't gotten to play with any of my third level spells yet. We're doing it at third level. Isn't your isn't Major Image a third level spell? Oh, yeah, it is. Never mind. We're doing this at a second level, because I want to have, <laughs> keep my third level spell in... In, uh... In the bag. Which means... 48. Uh, that is 19 thunder damage. You take out a group of five of them as the spell radiates out from you, catching a couple of the ones that had just risen beyond you and flattening them, sending them sprawling backwards. That's better. Melian, Quarry, a cacophonous sound, just an explosion of sound, has ushered over by Faleth. It, uh, as is uh, canon from when I broke all the brains, uh, it's just Faileth opening her mouth and letting out a piercingly shrill high note, a la breaking the crystal from an opera singer. Uh -huh. A large amount of the glass windows along this central square shatter. Faileth is quite confused by this. Okay, now that I've got a little space, I guess I'll go over to Melian. Can I reach Melian? Oh yeah, you can totally reach Valiant. Do I take opportunity attacks? Nope, you won't. Um, are, actually, question, are you going like right next to Melian, or are you going sort of around so that you're fitting into that seventh one of seven Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to slot Yovan's myself into his... Grid. I'm going gonna, gonna to go uh, chill by Yovan and Melian. Okay. Then, no, you can successfully do it without needing to take attacks of opportunity. Cool. And with that, Kawari... Please roll me a d6. How many more rise to the occasion? Two. In total, there are only nine now. These nine are arrayed mostly around Kwari and Melian. Kwari, it is your turn. Well, I am going to attack with the fly of my halberd, one of the ones close to me. Matt is going to be a 23 to hit. That will hit. Your halberd will sing out to strike them. I move my hunter's mark to this one. That will be 
10 slashing damage and 2 hunter's mark. Okay. So that will strike this down on your second attack. 17 hit. That will hit. And that will be 5 slashing damage and 2 hunter's mark. And you will strike another one down. And with that, we will move into wherever Yovan is. Don't be executed. I will try to avoid it. It's definitely on my top five things to not do. Now, now, Yovan. Don't be worried. You're quite clever. Of that I know. Now, for the riddle. Ah, no. What I, What are my manners? I must remind you of the rules. You have three, how do I say them? Hmm. Lifelines. One, you can reach out to someone who is dead. Two, you can reach out to one who stands amongst the living. And third, you can reach out to one who straddles the lines between. Be careful who you pick. I'm sure that you'll need to see them soon. Hey guys, I think it's us. Nah, I know don't those descriptions don't sound like us at all. I think maybe it's us that you can reach out to. This is my this is my theory. <laughs> I was gonna fall short because uh, Jovan doesn't know that Melian's dead. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, I was gonna say, which one of us is dead? Melian is dead! And Phyllis yeah. stands between, and Quarry is kind of alive, I think, right? Yeah. Probably, somehow. I haven't I checked the imagine. pulse recently, but... Yeah. This is totally us, you guys. Fe- uh, Melian? I don't... Pa- Jovan? Can... David, you can also reach out to NPCs from Jovan's past. Oh, yeah. I was fully expecting to reach out to somebody who is dead, pick Greaves, and then like, yeah, no, wrong choice. They're not dead enough. But we'll see how that goes. Now. For the riddle. No beginnings, only ends. A serpent with no fangs or face. To the drowning a welcome friend. To the condemned their last embrace. Do I have to wait till the end of the round to answer? Yes. Okay. And with that, the mob will attack. The mob will only attack Melian and Quarry this turn, because Faileth cleared out the ones mostly in front of her. Melian does... Uh, a 15 does not hit you. So sure doesn't. Some fists will come down, some legs will strike out, but... You'll either dodge out of the way, or they just don't have enough strength and weight behind them. Kuari, a 17, if I remember correct, does not hit you, right? Does not. Again, some of these fists will come out. They will strike your armor, and as they pull away, they're bloody. But no damage is done. And with that, Melian, it is your turn. Uh, So once again, I lash out, trying to sweep your legs. As you do that, can you give me a d6? Oh, I rolled a 6. Six more rise. Yeah. Make your attacks. So that's a 17 and a 22 are the two attacks for a combined total of 12 points. 
sweeping the leg damage. You'll bring a few down. Faileth, it's your turn. You can see more of them rising out around your guys. Quite a few are engaged with Melian. Please roll me a d6. Okay. I'm super ready and I'm not eating popcorn at all. <laughs> uh, it's a four again. Four more rise. Isn't that the premier of the province? Four again? <laughs> yes. <laughs> what will you do, Fela? Hmm. Well, it seems like batting these guys down is just delaying and hurting the townspeople, which Faelith doesn't really care about, but cares about a little bit. I feel like if they weren't actively trying to save them, she would just kill them and be like, alright, enjoy your next life. But right now, she's not sure if in this state they would get to be proper ghosts. And that seems cruel. To doom them to a death in this state might not be nice. So she won't just kill them all. Instead, uh, I'm going to call upon my ghost spirits once again. Okay. Let's see who we get this time. Ooh, a seven. That's new. It is the Fae. Recount the tale of a mischievous fae. The target must succeed on a wisdom saving throw or become charmed by you until the end of its next turn. The charmed targets must use its action to make a melee attack against a creature other than itself that you mentally choose. The target can act normally on its turn if you choose no other creature. That silence is Cass trying to figure out whether or not these things can be charmed. Yes, that that was that silence. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I forgot that I was like... muted. <laughs> In case the listeners are wondering why there's a sudden pause, it's because Cass is trying to figure out whether or not you can charm weirdly possessed people. Can I just say, eventually I'll be able to summon a dragon, and that's the best thing ever. That sounds... Well, won't it be the ghost of a dragon? Yes. Yeah, okay, good. I was like, because for color, that's much better. Because then it's, then it's dragon uh, immaterial. Ghost. Dragon ghost does whatever a dragon ghost does, which in this case is magically spew fire from their mouth in a 30-foot cone. Is it ghost fire? I mean, it does necrotic damage, I think. No fire damage. It'd be funnier if it was necrotic damage. Anyway. The tale that you pull up, that you draw up in your mind, is an expanded tale upon that of the founding of Barrowman's specifically of how after Barrowman's was founded, the tricks that the ladies would at some time play upon the townsfolk of Barrowman's when they were displeased with them or when they were showing their favor. Always, these tales, these tricks, ended with a, a lesson that was to be learned. What type of tale this one is? I don't know. That's up for you to decide. It's the tale of a little boy who ate too many sweets and then had a stomachache. And the lesson is don't eat too many sweets or you'll get a stomachache. I do not buy that Fela tells that tale to anyone ever. 
<laughs> yeah, I, I'm getting this feeling that Faelith's gonna hold on to this tail and not use it. Yeah, this one's not coming out. I don't want anyone to know. I might just, like, overly, like, satirical. My uh, wink and a nod after every single line. But we all know that these stories aren't true. <laughs> Who's ever heard of a stomachache? What even is that? That's not real. When do people's stomachs not ache? Yeah. Like, what? Have you ever had a moment where your stomach wasn't in pain? Like, <laughs> constantly half-starving to death? Uh, do I get to charm them, or are they immune? You have to elect to use the thing. I mean, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to charm one of these. Okay. Hey, listen, you should, uh, you should attack your friends, but only, like, with your fists, don't kill them. As your, as the fey spirit sort of reaches out from you and passes through this member of the mob you think for a moment that they almost start to listen to you and then their body goes rigid and they continue oh. to move forward towards you oh well it was worth a shot you're baned uh, I'm going to cast bane <laughs> on uh I'm not sure how we're dealing with this with a mob but technically three of them so uh, I'm counting the mob as a single creature Cool, I bane the mob. Hey, all of you, be bad at stuff. And then do I make a charisma saving throw? Yes. A 15. It's a DC 16. Well, the mob is baned. Ooh, wait, moment. Is bane a concentration spell? It is, yes, a concentration spell. Do you want to do that and drop the major image? Oh, that's a good point. No, I don't. Okay. I forgot Major Image is also a concentration spell. I won't be mean and make it still happen, because you said it will. I'll, I'll, you, Faileth is about to cast it and goes, uh, oh, no. No, or I your, your mother, Your mother, sudden, as you start to call out the words, is like, My dear, you're hiding him. All right. Ah, that was so long ago. It was like 30 seconds like ago that 12. I did that. Yeah, 12 whole seconds. How am I supposed to remember? Fine. I'll just freeze one of them. Uh, so can I, am I within, uh, oh no, this is not a touch spell. Um, I pointed the one that I tried, that tried to be charmed and wasn't and just said, okay, chill out then instead. And I'm going to make a spell attack. Does a 16 hit? Yes, it will. It's going to take three necrotic damage. And it can't regain those hit points until the start of my next turn. My weird skeletal undead hand reaches out and clings to the target. Uh, does this thing count as undead? It does not. Damn it. All the shittiness of a zombie without even getting any of the perks. So this hand shoots out and it grasps around the throat of this member of the mob and chokes that member of the mob until they collapse to the ground. With three damage. Oy. Good job, weird skeletal hand. And with that, Kawari, it is your turn. 
Excellent. I shall uh, attack with my halberd again, but I kind of imagine that I'm gripping it a bit more... Um, like, I'm gripping it in the center, and I'm, sh like, shoving to the side with the butt of it for some of them, and then kind of, like, reaching out to the other side and smacking people on the head with uh, the blunt end of the pointy. The blunt pointy end? No, the, the, the blunt part of the pointy end? Anyway, it doesn't matter. You know what I mean. Or do you? Or am I mute? I do. I okay. know what you mean. Or am I muted? <laughs> <laughs> Nobody is acknowledging my talking, so I love that. That's so good. I might just be talking into, you know, the nothingness. Um, that will be an 18 to hit. and uh, That will hit. I moved my hunter's... I, I moved my hunter's, hunter's mark to the mob every time, if that makes sense. If it's just the mob, do I have to keep saying I moved the hunter's mark? It's a good habit. Yeah, I would say just keep the habit. Okay. I I move my hunter's mark to another poor unsuspecting town person. Poor unsuspecting town person. <laughs> so uh, sad. <laughs> Controlled. Eight uh, slashing damage and six hunter's mark. Okay. We'll bring another down. And then my second attack is a 16 hit. That will hit. Perfect. And that will be... Seven slashing damage and one hunter's mark. Uh, between the two of them, uh, between those two attacks, it will bring three members of the mob down as you strike out hitting one quickly bring the butt out, smacking into another, and sweeping that one, and as that one goes down, it knocks another down. Mm. Uh, I hate to say this, but was I meant to roll a d6? Yes. Yes, you were. Thank you. Curse my honesty. That's a four. Ah. We're back to 15 members of this mob. And with that, we'll delve deeper into... The realm that Yovan has been drawn up into. So, Yovan, what is your first guess? A coiled rope. I've been on the receiving end of one for far too many times to think it was anything else. You see the gesture, sort of like he it brings his hands up like claws, pulling them together, and throws back his head. Curses. And you see him break apart, and as he breaks apart, he almost seems to extend around you, and you hear that voice. The second key is obtained. Why this grand performance? What do you have to lose? Why make a game of it? As Yovan muses on that, suddenly, everyone outside, as if... Someone had taken a knife and cut the strings. Every one of the members of the mob collapses. They just suddenly drop to the ground. As they fall to the ground, though, there is this distinctive wail and a strangely sing-song voice catches on the breeze. I saw the black 
creak in the wood, in the wood, in the wood. I saw the black creak in the wood, but cannot find my way home. Something has begun to sing in the darkness. Whatever it is, is getting closer. What will you do in these brief moments of reprieve? Melian, it's your turn. Melian looks over at Faleth and is like, Faleth, how how are you doing? I mean, how wounded are you? I'm not quite bloodied yet. Are you in need of a potion? No, I got 23 hit points left. Well, are you carrying any potions? Perhaps you should take one just in case. As we have a moment of reprieve at the moment. I mean, I don't think I'm carrying any potions. Oh yeah, you gave me that one that one time and I don't think I ever drank it. <sighs> Faleth, promise me this time that when you reach the moment where you are very wounded, you will drink the potion. Sure. Excellent. What do you think that creepy voice was? Singing in the darkness? Huh? Probably something unpleasant. I mean, probably. Black Creek sounds fun, though. I love swimming. But no, you love to slop about in water. Yeah, swimming. I... Is that not similar to a bath? It is completely different. A bath involves weird smell and stuff, and the water is warm. Ugh, you gotta take your clothes off and scrub? Terrible. Swimming, mm. you just jump in and you're freezing cold, and you splash about a bit and hope you get out again when you're finished. Uh, I do not think swimming Ice. typically involves panicking when you cannot feel the ground beneath your feet. It doesn't? Okay, I clearly am very confused as to what swimming actually is. Anyway, that appears to be what we do during the interview. Jovan, as that gesture breaks apart, you see it on the other side of the stage, leaning against the other pole, reform. In his hand, it holds a coil of rope, and it glowers at you. I was going to even hang you. He tosses you a second key that you catch, and then gestures out towards the people in front of you. You can see that the crowd is sort of divided into two sections. And they seem to be staring towards you. And as you look in that direction, you can see an image begin to form. The image is almost a crackly haze. but you can see your companions in a ring of light. It appears that it is giving you the chance to see what's going on for them. I'll take the opportunity. I'll watch out and see what's happening. You see your companions in the last moments as they're fighting the mob, and then the strings suddenly cut and falling 
you can see the streams of magic that were animating, puppeting, controlling those forms. They stream from the Freishan down, as you'd expect. And you can see that that single strand that... Like, there is a single strand that connects you to the Freishan that has actually formed a noose around your neck. Just like what the Jester was going to do to you. Yelvin, Yelvin, Miboyo. There's not for them to do but struggle and fight. They're well equipped for it. I wouldn't have anyone else in their place. Fitting proxies. That is what I see. Delicious proxies. Delectable proxies. If they fall, so will you. And if you fall, perhaps I'll take them too. And as it says that, you begin to hear that same sing-song sound, that voice out, and it chills you. And with that, we'll move back out. The voice, it seems to almost be echoing from around the three of you, and it's getting closer, much closer. I trace my tracks back to the start, to the start, to the start. I trace my tracks back to the start, but ne'er find my trace, oh Boogie, 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 oh man, boogie, oh man. Can all of you give me a perception check? Fifteen. Four. Eight. Don't you have advantage, Felix? Do I? With Why? the goggles. Oh, yeah! Five. So, eight. <laughs> uh, Eleven for Yovan. Yovan, you are actually going to see what Kuari sees. For a brief moment, the sort of almost orientation of how you're seeing it zooms towards Kuari's vision. And Kuari, you see a shadow slowly crawling across the roof of one of the buildings. It has distended arms that reach out, and almost scythe-like blades, an almost humanoid, spider-like creature, one that you saw earlier yesterday. It appears that whatever was haunting the Shrine of the Maidens has come to play, and this time, it's singing. Boogie, 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 oh man. Why can I not find my way home? Faileth, Melian, there on the roof. 
What is on the roof? The monster from the Shrine of the Maidens. Which one was that? Ah. I see it. Faelith, you turn. It is the one that you touched and discharged necrotic energy into, and it exploded. Oh, yeah! Hello! I blew you up! What are you doing here? And with that, it is going to jump, almost clearing your group, and is going to come and slam down on the other side over by Faelith and charge towards her. Whoa, it's holding the grad, JC. It's not my fault you don't have very many hit points. Faileth, mm-hmm. um, I do apologize, but this is a natural 20, yeah. so it's going to crit. <laughs> Everyone say goodbye to Faileth, she had to run. Faileth, how many hit points do you have? 23. As it jumps and comes swinging down over by, and lands by Faileth, and then twists and turns and stabs towards her, Melian, you see its arms just one of them cuts across Faelith and a spurt of blood goes up and the other arm he grabs her and pulls her into its chest cavity. Faelith it deals 23 points of damage so we are unconscious. Goodbye everyone it was a good run I'll see you all in the next campaign. And with that Melian it is your turn. Uh, well, Faileth goes down, and Melian immediately loses control of his temper. Uh, so I go uh, rage. So there's a moment where I fl- I also float off the ground as if possessed by a but by a deific spirit rather than a horrific spirit. Um, and I uh, ratchet back and in some apparent form of ecstasy, grow white fur and uh, feline face and glorious white mane of. Uh, you can tell just by looking at it the softest fur you've ever touched uh, and then um, he roars super loud and uh, attacks this thing with all the attacks that exist ever Faileth's biggest regret in life is that like 85% of the time she doesn't get to see Melian go pretty because she's dead um, and it's just just knowing that she's missing it all these times the beautiful Sailor Moon transformation. It just, it haunts her. Uh, I got a 14, so I'm going to Reckless Attack and attack again. Uh, that's a crit. Yes! That's a wonderful crit. Hell yeah. Uh, so he will take uh, 13 slashing damage, and then I will attack a second time. And since I've already attacked recklessly, I attack recklessly again. Uh, that's a 21 to hit. For that an will also hit. Five points of slashing damage, so for a grand total of 18 points of slashing damage. Your blade slices out, cutting into it, and you see it stand back. You even slice off a little bit of one of the pieces of the ribcage that is holding Faileth inside of it. And you see it sort of back up, and it's still singing. I found my tracks back to my home, back to my home, back to this home I found some tracks back to this home but this is not my home no Faileth it is your turn so will you please make a death saving throw for me yeah uh, the late Faileth rolled a four 
Oh, that. Please mark that as one failure. Yeah. Bye, everyone. I miss you. And with that, Quarry, it is your turn. This thing skittered down out of into the light. You saw it stab a scythe-like claw across Faileth, and then with the others, pull her into the cavity in its chest. And you can see her dangling partially out of it. Soul, lend me your aid! Quarry is going to cast Moonbeam. Uh, and I'd like to think that against all odds, a sliver of soul's reflected light makes it down to shine on the creature. You can tell me if that description has the wrong flavor for the... Sure. That, uh, how I'm imagining it is you raise your hand and as if the darkness above has been forced to part by soul's light, Mm -hmm. a pure beam of light falls down upon this creature. Okay. When it starts in the spell's area for the first time on a turn, um, or starts its turn there, no, sorry, when the creature enters the spell for the first time on its turn, or it starts its turn there, it is engulfed in ghostly flames that cause searing pain and it must make a constitution saving throw. But, so this will happen on its turn, not my turn. My turn is over. Does this hurt me? Oh, my god, I didn't think Am about that. I did uh, When a creature enters the spells or starts its turn there, so on... The problem is, I don't know that Corey would know. So, for the purposes of this, let's <laughs> say that the spell isn't going to affect Fela. Um She protected by inside the creature. The creature? Cool. This is gonna become a problem later when Quarry doesn't recognize that this will hurt their allies. I mean it just means that if you kill Fela that you'll then have to fight Melian. I mean, yes, and also live with the guilt of it for the rest Your of your very brief life Corey's because life. you'll have to fight million. Yes. Just one question. Where is are you getting moonbeam from your oath spells? Or Um No. Because you're an oath of the Maybe? of vengeance, right? Yes. I don't think so. Okay, because I don't see Moonbeam on your normal list, but I do know that it's on Paladin Oath of Ancients. So, is it... Uh, I might have just... You might have just grabbed the spell card? Possibly... Yeah, no, I think you're right. So I don't have that spell. Retcon! <laughs> uh, I, I need... I do not moonbeam. But my description was so pretty. (laughs) A quick glimpse into a world that could have happened. (laughs) Yovan briefly saw this almost happen. Um, just so you don't... Uh, uh, Sasha, have you used your inspiration yet? Um, I've used it three times. Your inspiration? That you got from... My bardic inspiration? No, 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 no. Like, we got inspiration from, uh... Heroic inspiration. Oh, no, I haven't used that yet. I don't think. If I remember correctly, you can use that to re-roll a uh, death saving throw if you get to your third. Oh, 
Let me take a look if it's actually laid out somewhere. Alright. So, I am going to take Branding, branding Smite instead of Moonbeam. Um, and I will cast Branding Smite, which is a bonus action. Oh no, I gotta, I gotta hit this creature first, so let's see if we do that. That is going to be a 19. Okay. That hits. Excellent. Uh, okay. Now I cast Branding Smite. The next time you hit a creature with a weapon attack before the spell ends, the weapon gleams with astral radiance as you strike and deals an extra 2d6 radiant damage. It will become visible if it's invisible, and the target will shed dim light for a 5-foot radius and cannot become invisible until the spell ends. I say the same thing that I did when I cast Moonbeam. Sounds good. Uh, and that will be... Eight slashing damage and nine radiant damage. And that, that's my first attempt. My second one. Oh, I don't think that's going to hit. That's a nine. That second one will not. You will swipe out towards it, but it's tallow, like it's it's scythe-like blades, sort of just dance and mesmerize in front of you. One of them sort of knocks your halberd a bit out of the way from striking trip. And with that, we move into the Freyashan. Yelven, Yelven, my boy. There's not for them to do but struggle and fight. You never answered my question. Why are you doing this? What do you possibly stand to gain? Everything. Nothing. You're all just broken pieces. Then let's be done with this. Send us your next trial. I doubt we'll struggle any more than we have till now, but we will jump through your hoops and play your games. It's already begun. We already defeated it once. Single touch and it was gone. Wiped away. A single touch that you've been robbed of. The touch that was taken first. Oh, I've seen her take more than that and still stand up kicking. She does not say much for our responsibility for Faelith. <laughs> it's true, Faelith has no business being in melee range and yet <laughs> here we are again. I'm going to kidnap a familiar for Faelith for one of these days so she can finally do her touch race stuff at range. Yeah. That would actually be very helpful for poor Faelith and her <laughs> ridiculously powerful touch spell. We just gotta get you. We just gotta take a feat at level eight, I guess, or something. Next time we would get to, get to do that. Yeah, in fifty or sixty more episodes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you see the scene playing out, how it did over the last round in front of you. The figures that stand behind the image. There are two distinct camps, still looking towards it, staring blankly, with expressionless faces, etched only in shadows. Are you going to ask another question? I'm struggling to come up with a meaningful question. <laughs> the last one wasn't particularly helpful. If you're going to be answering them like that. Um, no, I, I don't think there's anything else that comes to mind. Okay. Then, with that, 
we will move back out into the world of your proxies. This thing is going to strike out. Uh, this time, it's going to strike out towards Kawari, because Kawari dealt the most, uh, dealt radiant damage to it. Kawari does a 19 hit. <laughs> yeah, just barely. Uh, you know what you should do? You should start explicitly saying you turn your back on things once you attack. I mean, if has a one-handed weapon, they could just draw their shield. I, they could, yeah. For the purposes of this attack, because this is a 19 and these are scythe-like blades swinging out, possibly attempting to slash in front and also to come in and sneak behind to stab a person in the back, I am going to flip a coin. Call it heads or tails, and if it is what you call, then the scythe-like blades will come down and strike at your back. And the shield that is there. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is heads. So as it comes, as this blade scythes out, as this claw-like blade scythes out, it reaches out as if to come and stab you in the back, but strikes you in the shield. And there is a cacophonous sound that rings out. And as it does, there is that same mysterious song that plays inside your head that you've heard before Hmm. whenever it has been struck. The words are meaningless to you and you're unsure if they even are words. But some Hmm. voice sings forlornly as if separated from its remainder. Hmm. And with that, Melian, it is your turn. This creature has just attacked War Flip is still dangling out from inside of it. Mm-hmm. Um, Melian's just gonna... He's in, he's enraged, so... We're... We're in full, just attack it straight up. Um, B... By the way, I think... I'm just gonna check, I think... Oh, I didn't add my plus two damage for being enraged last time, which sucks. Oh! Um... I was thinking there was a thing that, um, maybe it happens later, but that you get, uh, your, well, your attacks count as magic, but I don't think that's... Um, oh, hey, also, it has to roll with disadvantage when it attacks anybody that's not me. Because I hit it, and I have my, um, uh, Ancestral Guardian stuff. True. Very true. And you did strike it last time, uh, so let's still say that it just misses Kawara. Yeah, yeah hits her shield. <laughs> um, so the first attack's a 22, so I will not attack recklessly on that one. Uh, and then I'll hit him for 8 points of slashing damage. And then my second attack is a 14, which means I will attack recklessly if that's one just in case. And that is a 19. That will hit. And then that's 7 more points of slashing damage. Ah, uh, sorry. And then add four to that. Just for the bonus from my rage. Thank you. Okay. Faileth, you are inside. You can feel your magic, and your soul almost feels like it's being slowly 
piece by piece sucked away, and you almost think you can hear Yovan talking to someone. Give me a death saving throw. Oh, Danny boy, the pipes, the pipes are calling. That is a three. This may be. Oh, no. I'm totally going to die. I may incur. I, I, I suppose it'd be better to save inspiration till the last throw, but um. <laughs> yep. Who knows? Maybe I'll get a nat twenty and uh, pop right back up, and then do inflict wounds at a third level and explode this thing in epic glory <laughs> as my triumphant comeback. Well, you guys have. You still have a total of two points of uh, inspiration across your group. One with Quarry and one with Faileth, I think. So. If I fail the last one, we know it. We know what you're doing. (laughs) Okay, Quarry, it is your turn. Okay, it didn't like what I did last time, so I'm going to do the same thing again. Um, I'm going to do the, uh, Branding Smite, and let's see if I can get it. It's a, not a good number, it's a 13. Carlin will assist. Oh, that's a 16. That will hit. <laughs> Yay! Let go of my friend! And that is an 11 slashing damage and 6 radiant damage. (laughs) The second one is a 12. That, unfortunately, will not strike true. And we move back within the Friashen. Yovin, Yovin. My boy, there's not for them to do but struggle and fight. I believe in them. I trust that they can handle this, as I've handled every other challenge they've faced so far. As you say that, you realize something. Every single time he said the exact same thing to you. There's not for them to do but struggle and fight. He's only said what your companions can do. Not you. Is this already the third test? So what's my trial, then? It's my job to stand and watch. Riddles are your forte. I'm sure you'll figure something out. To describe the location again, you sit on the edge of what you now know was meant to be a gallows stage. In your hands, you hold two keys that slightly glow, and in front of you, You can see the images of your companions fighting against the creature, though as if through a crackling haze. 
Beyond the image, two sides of a crowd seem to just stare towards you and towards the image, or perhaps just to you. I try to walk towards the haze? You walk through the haze, and you see that now that you're on the other side, that there's a very clear stone path between these two groups. Behind you, you hear the jester stand up. What are you doing? No, don't do that. No. I'm testing to see where the edges are. Let's find the limits. And I walk down the path. With that, let's switch out to your companions. The creature is going to strike out this time, and it's going to again strike out towards Kawari. Kawari with disadvantage. So the first one, he rolled an 18. The second one, he rolled a 14, which plus a 6 will be a 20. So, it's, so that will hit. Yes. But we'll flip again. Because everything in this situation is about chance and odds mm-hmm. and games. Odds or evens. Heads or tails. Evens. Tails. I don't know. <laughs> ah! It is a chalice. So, it is tails. For I am flipping the coin. A necromancer's coin. Macquarie doesn't want to be saved by a necromancer's coin, so... Oh, you wish to be struck by it? <laughs> so she moves into the path of it. No, 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 that's fine. This is fine. I'll take it. Ellie will take it. The scythe-like spike comes down again, striking into your shield, and it booms out. This one, the strike is so strong, it actually drives you forward a bit, and you almost fall forward. And you're getting danger- you're almost dangerously close mm-hmm. to... Perhaps it could even try and pull you in. But you don't know if it can pull in more than one. With that, Melian, it's your turn. Uh, Melian is still going to attack and see if it ends up being reckless, but uh, yeah, it's going to be reckless. I rolled a 10. Uh, it was a 16. Yes, a 16 will hit. Well then, he'll take 8 points of slash damage because it rolled it that before I got the... Uh, plus 2? Or just uh, eight? Yes. No, so it's at 10 total. And then a 23 is the second attack. Thank you. Advantage. And then that is five points of damage. With bonus two, I rolled a one. Okay. <laughs> oh no. This thing has cuts across it. Parts of it have been chopped off by your uh, attacks. It is bleeding this, like, dark ichor. But as the ichor falls away from it, it turns straight into blood that falls and is pooling around it. I found a trail in the mist, in the mist, in the mist. I found his trail in the mist, but he won't lead me back to home. Boogie, 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 oh man, why won't you let me go? Faileth. This is a very serious situation. Please make your death saving throw. 
At first, he was afraid. I was petrified. <laughs> wondering how he could ever live while I was trapped inside this ribcage. Oh, no, not I. I will survive. I got a 15. One success. And the crowd goes wild. <laughs> I'm not dead yet. I'm not dead yet. I can dance and I can sing. I cannot dead yet. I can do the Highland fling. Kawari, it is your turn. Oof. Okay, I am going to... Oh, I've used my last second level spell slot, so I think I am going to use Searing Smite the next time... I hit a creature with a melee weapon attack. During the spell's duration, my weapon will flare white hot and deal an extra 1d6 fire damage. Um, and then... Anyway, let's see if I hit before I get too far into this. Oops. That's a 9. Did you ask Carlin to help you? Oh, yes, yes, I did. Or are you asking him to help you on your second attack? I'll ask him to help me on my second attack. Yeah, because I'm going to need it, because that one is an 11. Which I assume doesn't hit. Oh my gosh, really? 15? That will just hit. <laughs> okay. Um, Alright, so... That is going to be... 8 slashing damage. And... 3 fire damage. And then at the start of each of its turns until the spell ends, it must make a constitution saving throw. And on a failed save, it will take 1d6 fire damage. But it will end on a successful save. We could move into that dark, wet expanse that f mel that uh, Jovan is in. Jovan, you're walking down this path, and as you are, you can see more and more people more shapes along this path on either side. Some of them, most of them, look like they are from pyramids. But you see farther in the distance, there are some that look to be sitting astride steeds. There are others that look to be more robed in regal clothing. And then you remember that this was dependent on translation, either a container or a prison. And the jester begins to run up behind you. No, no, not this way. No, no, no. But as if emboldened, you do note that it is not saying that this is against the rules. What do you do? I'm calling in a little line. Which one? To those that lie between. I call out to the maidens, the gods of the travelers, so they might guide my footsteps, show me the path I need to take. You see the jester sort of pull back, as if contemplating, and it points to the sky and goes... Oh Lord, open the way. Open the way between. Let this supplicant 
pay homage to that which it seeks. And you smell in your nostrils the smell of honey and lavender, the smell of earth, dry earth, just after the rain. And then you hear... me the pine nuts yes the pine nuts over there are you sure that they're over here i don't see them over here yes they should be over there behind behind the stewed blackberries i don't think that these are pine nuts these i think are belladonna seeds same thing what are you going to say? Did we ever get their direct names, or was it only ever the maidens? I think I think they gave names to uh, to Felith and Melian. Uh, we've also read them a bunch of times. Yeah. I mean, not that I remember them. No. Uh, do you want to uh, want me to flip a coin? You call it heads or tails for if you can remember what Melian and Felith called them. Sure. Um, I'll go with tails. It is a chalice. You are correct. Uh, you can remember that the two that they met were named Janice and Gunborg. The third one, you don't actually know the name of. Though, in Barrowman's, the three mines, which were said to be named after the maidens, were named Gwyneth, Gunborg, and Janice. Okay. Sisters, uh, Gwyneth, Janice, Gamborg, I'm here to ask a favor, so I may appear dearly for it. Janice, did you hear that? Darling, darling, you hear a third voice, a voice that sounds oddly familiar to you, one that you feel like you might have talked, spoken to in the past few weeks. I have no idea how you got to talk to me, but... Do I hear my sisters? Sisters! Gwyneth! Gwyneth! Oh, it's been so long! Sisters, sisters, calm down. Let's hear what this poor man has to say. I have no idea how he got to talk to all three of us. It's Jovan, the one who stumbled into the first trial in the forest. I... Oh, have you found my apprentice yet? Oh. Yes, we have. He's just in town and in terrible danger. But he's safe from Oh, he's in terrible danger. Well, I'm not much help. I have no access to my magic while I'm cursed into this form of a talking lovely squirrel. But my sisters might be able to help you. Uh, you're... <laughs> it's gonna take a moment... <laughs> I have a path laid before me, but I don't know if it's the correct way to go. I can think of no one else that would be able to guide me better, given the tasks I've had. Would you lend me your wisdom? Yovan, well, I might not be able to extend my magic. Some wisdom I can provide. 
Is it dark where you are? Is there a particular direction you must go? Perhaps be guided by light if it has been given to you. A compass can be made of many things. Be guided by light, and I'm sure you'll find your way home. And you feel the connection sever. The only thing that's providing light here is the, the haze. That I can see the companions through, right? No, that is back in the entrance. That is back near the gallows. It does provide mm-hmm. light there. The gallows are almost lit by some internal light. Each of the individuals that you've walked by all have this tiny spark of light in them. But you're also holding two keys that are glowing. And with that, let's move out to the combat at hand. The creature... Uh, I need to make what saving throw, Quarry? Constitution. That is a 13. Um, yeah, that saves. Ah. Does it still take Darn any it. damage or does it... Do, like, no, nope, The question I have is, does it save? save? Does it save at the beginning of its turn or end of turn? Oh, um... At the start of each of its turns... The target must make... Yeah. Alas. Gosh darn it. And with that, then, it will strike out. It will strike out towards Kawari, and a... 17 does not hit. It got quite low. Melian, it is your turn. You can see Faileth dangling slightly out of it, the color and slowly draining from her. Uh, yeah, Melian's just gonna hit it some more. Uh, that's a 24. That will hit. <laughs> uh, which is without... Um, without reckless attack. Without reckless attack. So that is uh, eight points of slashing damage. Plus two? Or... That was... No, that's with the plus two. Okay. This time I did attack recklessly, so a 19 is the higher of those two rolls. That will hit. That is uh, ten, another ten points that's with the... Ten points of slashing damage that's with the strength bonus from being nice. enraged. This thing, you have cut a decent chunk out of it, and it is looks like it's going to possibly fall apart soon. Faileth, it's your turn. Here we go. I'm going to use my inspiration. Okay. Man, I'm just waiting for that. Bum, bum, bum. Right? I need that nap. I think you can use the inspiration oh. after you roll. Oh, I did. Oh, oh, gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Yep. I got yep. a seven. Okay, uh, that rerolled is an 11. That barely passes. Yeah, that's <laughs> two saves. Oh, two saves, two, losses, two failures. No more inspiration. Well, Quarry no has an inspiration that could be given to you, but... We'll see if that needs to be there. And Quarry, it is your turn. Running low on spells, but not the end. So I'm going to try doing... I'm going to do Searing Smite again. So let's see if this hits. That's a... Wow, what is wrong with my rules? A 12. That will not succeed. Carlin! He'll aid you in this next one. His tentacles try and reach out. 
Okay, that's that's better. That's a twenty-one. That hits. Yay! Okay. Um, that will be. Oh wow! I rolled a one on my damage. That's a that's five slashing. And then that'll be six fire damage. Oh my gosh! What? Okay. You bring it down to exactly zero hit points. <gasps> yes! <laughs> yes! Uh, so, describe this so that you know once, when you deal this death blow to it, the thing will sort of like. It won't break apart as more of it will melt away into a puddle that begins to sort of bubble and pulse. So describe with that in mind as the end result. Quarry is praying very hard to Soul because they need to get some healing to Faileth really quickly. Um, they swing with our halberd at the creature, and as soon as the halberd, like as the halberd swings down, it glows white hot. And as soon as it touches the creature, it's like a match on gasoline as the fire spreads across it. And as the fire spreads in its wake, it leaves the the melting, if that makes sense. Yeah, as it reaches and swarms across it, you see it begin to melt and fall away, and Faelith's form slumps out onto the ground. And Melian and Quarry, you can both see this spectral form of an older elven woman like kneeling over and has her like hand under Faileth's head. Hmm. Are we out of combat? And it almost seems like she is talking to her. You are not out of combat though. That puddle of the, the that sort of undulates and pulses. Yovan, it is your turn as we move back into the darkness of the Freyashan. You've just received some interesting advice. He's going to uh, spin the key around one finger while inspecting the spirits around him. Out of the ones directly nearest, are there any that seem more friendly than any of the others? All of them seem to just be staring. They haven't moved, they haven't spoken. They haven't changed at all. But as you're spinning the key, you realize that the key, as you're spinning it, every single time it stops spinning, it's pointing in the same direction. Well, I was going to try to unlock one of the spirits, but this is much more interesting. Um, which direction is it ending? It is pointing down this path, but off to the side. It's pointing towards what looks like a group of sort of six amorphous spirits, or what you think are spirits in the distance. I'm going to start running towards them. As you run towards them, you see what looks like a very large wrought iron gate, and upon it are three large locks. The figures, as they start to come more into focus, you see this outline of what looks clearly like a woman, but she seems to be hunched over something, as if she's gorging and eating something. 
you see what looks like the rough body of a man, but where its head should be is not something shaped like a head. It's more shaped like a, a gourd, but a crown comes up from it. You see a figure of what almost looks like a woman in black armor. Someone that you faintly almost think like you've seen her before. And then this next one is this almost impossibly tall thing. This thing that looks like just lines etched in darkness. The fourth is a sort of almost looks like a large cloaked figure but you can't make out any of the features and the last is the outline of a very what you'd almost consider a wealthy individual the outline of good clothing a cape a very finely done hat and an arm that holds out a cane. But none of these move. They are just shadowed darkness like the others. But you do note that none of these have sparks of light inside them. As you approach this, you feel the two keys begin to heat up as you approach these gates and the locks. What are you going to do? Are they, sorry, off to the side compared to the gate, or are they directly in front of it? They're sort of off, they're off to the side of the gate. They're not blocking the way to it. When I uh, spin the key in my hand again, does it point at the gate or at the figures? You only have one key on a finger, right? Yeah. Just the one. Yeah. When you spin it, it points at the gate. I'm going to go ahead and plug two of the keys into the gate. As you plug one in and turn it, you hear the jester behind you. No, don't do that. Our game can't be over. If you want to keep the game going, you're going to have to give an incentive. I came here to free the souls of the townsfolk. If you have nothing to offer, then... And he'll plug the key into the... The second key into the gate. You're making a foolish mistake, boy. Tell me why. Humor me. Give me an answer. You're happy to ask questions. Can you answer one? You see him gesture out around himself towards the landscape and those that are denizens of it. And then the jester-like voice comes through. A duty we have, but broken apart. More than one of us there is. But all connected that we are. Open the gate, and all goes free. Within me, you know what lies there. Within the others, you don't. You're but it all, so why don't you help me free only those that deserve to be freed? A compromise, an even split, else the gates swing open. That power I do not have. My power taken from me on high. 
by a wicked brother. My name erased. One day you'll find it. And as he says that, you sort of see his jacket slightly fall open. The shadow that is his jacket, and you actually can see that the third key is floating inside the form of the jester. And with that, we'll move outside to your companions. The pool begins to bubble and almost appears that it is starting to draw itself back up into the form of that creature, Melian. But Faileth has been released and is laying there on the ground in front of you. Uh, but there's a shadowy figure, like, looming over her, isn't there? There is a ghostly elven woman, but it's not looming over her. It's more like it's sitting on the ground, like, cradling her head, holding her. I bet that's my mother. But I don't say that because I'm dead. I mean, Rage Million only has one focus, so uh, he pulls out a potion and pours it down unconscious Phelous' throat. So that's 2d4 plus 2? Yeah. Giving her 8 points of healing. Phelous... You have been brought back from the brink. <gasps> oh, stink! What is this goo? As you open your eyes and that smell that's cloying into your nostrils, you almost think that some of the gunk has gotten inside your nostrils. That's why it's so strong. <sighs> you can see that Melian is pouring a potion down your throat, and he's in pretty hair. But you can also see that image of your mum that you only you barely ever see it usually it's gar she's garbed herself in darkness and death but this is just her in her as she looked possibly in life form holding you oh. and she's stroking your cheek and going please don't go please don't go it's not your time I came real close this time didn't I hi mum You can see from the direction you're facing this thing slowly rising up out of the pool that was there, taking the form of what it attacked you right a moment ago. You, you son of a bitch. Did I attack it? Oh yeah, it's your turn. I think it's time for that thing that you killed me for to kill you. I'm going to uh, stick my finger in the goo. Well, sit up. And then I'm going to stick my finger in that goo. Does, uh... While your finger's in the goo, drink that potion I told you to drink when you were really bad. To no, I'm not wasting an action on a potion. Does <laughs> <laughs> a 24 hit it? You oh, yes, it. 24 hits. I said if I needed to, I would, but you've already healed me. I'm back, so I don't need to right now. I need to kill this thing is what I need to do. I need to cast this goddamn spell at a third level. And I do 40 points of necrotic damage. As you reach out and you put your finger into it, you feel your mother's ghostly hand also on top of yours, and there's like a discharge of energy as her as some of her power flows into you as well. And as it does, you see a portion of the goo just dries and turns to dust. That's what you get 
You and turn to that dust that I'm kind of terrified of now, but I'm really glad I can make you become. And that. And with that, the you see the creature, like the half of it that had started to form up, slumps back down, slammed into, as it recoils back. But you can still see that it's trying to pull itself into some new form, at least. And with that, Quarry, no. it is your turn as this thing pulls away. Faelith, your mom is holding you, and she's like, I'm never gonna let you go. Never gonna let you go. It's not your time. She's also never gonna give you up. But is she gonna let me down? Already has. Yes. I think we've done that, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I love you, mother, but... Oh, the conversation for different At the end, I think actually she technically did fool her on the dessert. <laughs> I mean, she died, but she didn't desert me. I think. Who knows? Kawari. She's definitely never going to say goodbye. Mm-hmm. It's your turn. That's true. The slime is gone? So the slime has pulled back. A large section of it has been destroyed. But there is still a pool of slime that's pulling itself together. But Faileth is really hurt. Okay. Okay, so I go over to Faileth. I assume she's not that far away. Uh, She's like five feet from you. Remember that where it was before, when like you killed it, Faileth fell forward out of there. So she's basically like at the feet of Mel- uh, like he's she's you're on one side, Melian's on the other, and her ghostly mom is holding her, and you're seeing her mom for once. Interesting. Uh Corey is going to put their hand on Faileth's shoulder and say I know that Soul is pleased with what you have done here today to protect these people. And I will give Faileth twenty Hit points, is that too much? Good? Is it good? I mean, that would be helpful. Okay. I don't you know. Give me what you want. I've got eight hit points right now. Oh, you can have all 20 then. That I'm out of lay on hands. You have had all of it, but uh, I, you need it. Thank you. If we were gaming things, I'd say give them 19 so you can poke somebody for one later when they go down. But. I mean. That, that's very gamey. And with that. Yovan, we move back to you inside the Freachan. The jester's coat has fallen open a bit, and you can see the glimmer of the third he inside of it. I'm calling another ley line to the dead. To wh- whoever or whatever it was that created you. Are you sure? Some consequences are best not open. Some doors should never be known. I mean, in character, you open it the second guess that, but out of character, I mean, that's just too great of an opening. I can't, I can't let that pass. Uh, Yovan nods his head. Yovan, as you pick this lifeline, it's so ironic that you picked the dead for this. I mean, you technically are correct. <laughs> Well, the best kind of correct. (laughs) You suddenly feel like you are connected to something that is so vast, 
and so ancient and hateful. Something that as your mind brushes against it, you are shunted away. But for a brief moment, you thought that you were standing on an expanse. An expanse of ice that was made of blood, of fire that burned like acid, of wind that were cut like blades, and of something so vast that you almost comprehend, you can't even comprehend, but you think that it was might be greater than even the gods. But something full of so much hate and anger that is just waiting. But as you brush against it, you feel almost as if your touch sends a jolt of energy into it. And it begins to return to life. Oh, I'm gonna regret that. Okay. I don't don't like this at all. (laughs) It's fine. I'm sure it's gonna be fine. I can't wait for the ramifications of what just happened to eventually come back. So I was planning on, like, stumbling into an Altharian wizard or something, but uh, all right. (laughs) Okay. As that happens, as that jolt goes through whatever this is, you are driven to your knees as if all the strength went out of you. And the gesture just looks at you, and it says, She was so far away, and that was where we'd hoped she'd stay. But now she turns her gaze, and Ibris she will raise. Enough damage you have done, this game you have truly won. No more questions should you ask, simply reach beneath my mask. Take this key and see it through. We wish to be rid of you. I have a third lifeline, and I will use it. Oh, God. (laughs) To the living, if he's listening. To Greaves. You hear Greaves' voice in your head suddenly. I fucking told you not to put that there. If it isn't drawn exactly to scale, it's not going to work. You! You over there! No! Don't! Don't do that. Don't disturb that. We need to be able to hear what this thing says. You! No! That's fragile! Fuck. Ugh. Amateurs. You get. I knew it. You goddamn cockroach. Nothing could have put you down. Grieves you son of a bitch. Jovan? Where are you? <laughs> in a border town up by the mountains. Just spoke to Romp. He said that some of them made it alive. And if anyone could survive that. You spoke to Romp? Huh. 
So he did live. How'd you get out? A little bit of luck. It's good to hear your voice. Likewise. You know, if you make it back to Adenon, I'm out of a business proposition for you. You see, I've got some new friends. We've got quite a bit of power. (laughs) You're still in that city? And you haven't... Oh no, I'm not in Adenon now, but... If you're up where Romp is, then... It will take you a while. I'll be an Adenon first. You can almost hear the grin. That smile. That cocky, arrogant smile. I'm gonna find you, Graves. It will be good. Be good when you do. I'm sure we'll have much discuss over a pint. Could really use your skills. Things are changing. Whole new world order. You'll see. That is way more menacing than I was expecting. Okay. Oh no. <laughs> Alright. Take the key and I unlock the gate. As Grieve says that to you, you feel the connection sever. You reach out, plucking the key from within the gesture, and you turn, putting it into the lock. There's a shudder, and the gate... The locks just seem to dissipate, breaking apart into that greenish light that is the Freyashan. And it begins to... The gate begins to almost push back, but as it does, it begins to break apart, and the darkness around you begins to break apart as well. I told you, I'm now glad to be rid of you. To those of you outside the gem... Behind you, there is a blinding flash of green light, as if a sun made of green fire had suddenly been born in the darkness. And as its light pierces out like blades, it cuts into the dark dome that has surrounded Barrowman's. And the pool that had formed in front of you releases a shrill cry, its sing-song voice. Pookie. Boogie! 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 As it begins to break apart in this light. And this twitching form of a very badly hurt, naked man lays there twitching. As the light streams from the Freyashan... If you look back towards Yovin, you see a beam of green light extended connecting Yovin, Yovin to the gem, and it pulses from the gem downwards, the light streaming down, the combined magic of the denizens of Barrowman's slamming into Yovin. Yovin, you are suddenly flashed into your body as it burns through your veins. You can feel the magic almost burning you alive as it scorches and entwines with your life thread before it flows out of you. As it flows out of you, everyone, you can see these small motes of magic shooting out up into the air and swirling and slamming down into the bodies of the townsfolk, every one of them, one by one. As the last of the light leaves Yovan, his form shudders, and he collapses to the ground, unconscious. The Freyashin begins to slowly lower itself, until it lands just next to Yovan, resting against him. And that is where we will end tonight's session.
Thank you for listening to Roll With Adventure, where we bring you this story from our imagination to your ears. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe for future episodes, rate us where you get your podcast, and visit us at www.rollwithadventure.com. If you'd like to contact us, you can write us at dm at rollwithadventure.com. Our intro and outro music is Brave by Arcane Anthems. Thanks for the components of this episode's soundscapes. Go to zapsplat.com, Purple Planet Music, and Arcane Anthems. Full credits are in the episode description. Dang it! I think that dramatic pause was a little long. Cass, do you have enough water to sustain that voice? I have three glasses. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) You came to this voice fight prepared. Brian, did you just think I magic missile the darkness? (laughs) I magic missile the darkness. (laughs) If you're saying something, you're muted. I am absolutely muted. Um... The first riddle was Halo of Water, Tongue of Wood, Skin of Stone, Long I've Stood, My Fingers Reach for the Sky, Inside My Heart, Men Live and Die, What Am I? I asked that to a coworker today, and the coworker sent this back to me. It's a petrified gnome <laughs> that's sunk to the bottom of the ocean with its hand pointed to the sky, and someone has carved out its heart and put cyanide in it. And I was like, oh. huh. I'm adding that as option number two for the answers in case it goes really crazy. (laughs) If David had come up with that, it would have been bonkers.